Hi everyone, I'm David Blundauer, and welcome to this bonus episode of Conversation with a Manager, Stories from the Frontline. This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone who's new to the role of being a manager. Here's your host, Steve King. Thanks, David. Today, we want to return to our interview with Michelle Kaiser and pull out another topic that she and I discussed during our hour together. We first met Michelle in episode one of our first season. If you could not get a chance to hear that episode about managers and mentors, you might want to give it a listen. It's a wonderful episode. The topic for this bonus track is how a new manager might adjust their tendencies to over-direct their team rather than leverage the expertise of their team. Most of us take on our first role as a manager because we were great individual contributors. We were good at what we did. So telling others what to do might come kind of naturally at first. However, that approach comes with some serious downsides. We simply will not bring out the best in others or leverage the considerable talents on our team without a thoughtful balance between direction and empowerment. This is the headline that I took away from this part of my conversation with Michelle. Perhaps some of you will find similar nuggets of wisdom as well. So sit back and enjoy the conversation with Michelle. Yeah, that was interesting. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm just hard headed or, you know, I had always heard all of the things about how to be a good manager and, and you've got to listen to people and it's, it's not about telling them what to do. Um, and I don't know if it's just, you know, I'm an engineer by degree. And so I don't know if it was that or, or what it was, but I basically thought I am successful if I am telling people what to do and then they do it. That was my mentality. And you can imagine that leading a team of 12 engineers um, who were very brilliant people, they didn't necessarily like having someone tell them what to do and prescribe that. So I would say my first job as a manager was, was really rocky in terms of just learning how to do it. And I had some really wonderful mentors that coached me through that. I had some really great uh, employees who coached me through that and, and mm-hmm. had to kind of help me work through some of that. Uh, but it was really hard. It was hard to navigate that because as an engineer, a working engineer, I was very used to, um, hey, make sure your math is right. Make sure you've got the correct answer. Make sure you solve the problem and you're winning. Uh, but you start managing people. And again, it's, it's, not a, it's not about telling people what to do and they execute it and you win. It's about how do you help them be their best self? And it took me a long time to realize that. And, and I'm sure that was not super fun for the first few people that I managed. But um, yeah, it was tough. It was really hard. So I'm intrigued by the fact that you both said there was mentors or a mentor that helped you through that process, but also you got help from those that reported to you as well. So how did, how did that work out? How did, how did that happen? It was really hard to hear the feedback, but I think there were a couple of really brave souls who cared enough about not only about me, but about the rest of the team to say, hey, you're, you're getting this a little bit wrong and here's why. Um, or have you thought about when you say this, we hear this. So one example I'll give you is I would come into a meeting and I was really prepared and I would say, okay, here's what we're going to do here's the plan. And I had it all thought out and whiteboarded out and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And what they told me was when you do that, 
it feels like we don't get to contribute. And when you do that, it feels like you don't want to hear our ideas. And I thought, oh my, oh my gosh, like it's the opposite. What I was thinking I was doing was, hey, like I'm throwing out a thing, please now shoot holes in it. And what I didn't realize is that not everybody is brave enough to shoot holes at something their boss lays out on the table. And so I had to to think about that from a different perspective of, you know, well, I don't like to be told what to do either. And I can't just come in with a solution and say, okay, we're good. So I think that was part of it. And, um, and part of that for me was just about efficiency. So I wasn't good at building relationships. Like I didn't want to come into a room and ask people how their day was. I didn't want to come into a room and ask people how their weekend was. I just wanted to get down to business, solve the problem and move on. Um, and so a lot of people kind of told me that that approach was not, not sitting well with them. And like I said, it was hard. It was hard to hear that. It was hard to hear like, Hey, I suck as a manager, even though, you know, I'm used to being the A student and I'm used to my math being right and, and things going well. Um, but thankfully people were able to give me that feedback in different forms. And I mean, some direct to me, others through surveys, others through different means, but, um, it was kind of with that feedback that I was then able to go to a mentor and say, okay, help me help me work through this. So what would be an example of how you now wander into a meeting to get advice and counsel from the people in the meeting while you still have a point of view about, yeah. you know, what should be done? What does that look like? Yeah. So now when I go into a meeting, I will talk about what the problem is to be solved. So, okay, here's, here's the thing. We have to figure out how to tackle the thing. I have my views on how I think we could slay the dragon, so to speak, but I don't necessarily voice them. And so I, I start by framing the problem and then just asking people, okay, what do you, what do you think? Who has ideas around this? And then people will fill in the space. People don't like blank space typically. And so they will start to, to chat and then I can interject occasionally. And, and what I have found is like every idea that I've ever had has been better <laughs> when other people are contributing to it. So one of the biggest pieces of advice that I got that helped me was just to slow down. So slow down. Don't feel like your opinion has to get on the table first. Um, and so that's, that's how I've approached that now is just to go slower and, and leave some blank space so others can fill in, but I, I'm still working on it. It's still really hard actually all these years later. So I wonder if it's hard. This is actually something you and I have talked about way in the past, which is, I think there are some people who are naturally more advocating in their personalities and some people that are more inquiring in their personalities and some people that balance those really well. Is it hard for you because you kind of at your core are more of an advocating personality? Maybe, you know, it's interesting. I I think that, yes, (laughs) yes, I do think that is part of it. Uh, Just to be honest. And the reason I'm holding back a little is I'm also generally very inquisitive and the other feedback I've had all along the way is that sometimes when I ask questions, it can come off as me second guessing people. And really, like, I'm just generally curious about how the world works or how someone else's brain works or how they view the world. Um, but yeah, I think more of an advocating personality is absolutely right. And I will try to sell an idea or a point of view or um, convince others, you know, and with, with the thought of like, let's all get to consensus as fast as possible. (laughs) And that's not always the best approach. Right. Well, you know, in my experience with advocating personalities that get it right, I put it right, is they kind of know it. So they kind of lead with inquiry, hope they don't get that dynamic you just described as, well, the inquiry is really my sort of leading question to what I want. 
if they can get over there and balance the two, they're in a pretty good place. And it sounds like that's the case for you. Yeah, it's hard to thread that needle. And it's definitely something that I've worked on and have continued to work on and have had really good mentors help me through that. If you enjoyed this bonus episode of Conversation with a Manager, feel free to listen to our first season of full-length episodes relevant to all managers. And between podcasts, consider picking up a copy of Artel Smith's book, No Time to Waste, Microbehaviors, Leveraging Little Things to Become a Better Leader, a wonderful book full of insights into those little things managers can do to bring out the best in us and drive a great performance.